I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week are two just fantastic co-hosts. Uh, first up, because I don't introduce him first often enough, um, he's here. Mitch, what have you been doing this week, Mitch? Um, well, I wasn't here yesterday for the podcast, and you can blame me for it being today, Wednesday. Yeah, I, other, I, other than that, just people will forgive you. Stuff and things. So anything you know. in particular or... Any games you've played, maybe? Stuff and things. Uh, Splatoon 2, actually. Um, I'm getting a real blast of that. I know it's, I know it's not Blizzard, but um, that's the new hotness this weekend, and it's it's really fun. Alrighty. Outside of uh, that, Diablo 3. Okay, yeah, you're playing a Necromancer. Um, also this with us this week, because she's here every week, but really, you should be used to her by now. If not, well, there she is. Uh, she does everything for the site, and also... She's going to get, you know, the Lost Vikings a remaster. I'm positive she will. And Stickney. I'm. That's. No pressure. <laughs> I, I did it. I don't know what to say. I, I did it. I finally did it. I, I stymied you. No, it was pretty funny because it was like, <laughs> you introduced Mitch is like, he's here. <laughs> and then you introduced me. And then we got this really long. Way to poop all over Mitch, Rossi. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm <laughs> fond of Mitch. Oh, people, boy. I just don't know what mind. to say That's about him. That's why I was kind of taken aback there. I was just like, what happened here? There's a discrepancy involved. I just don't know what to say about Mitch. Just say that every time for my intro, why don't you? I don't know what it's to say about him. I don't know easier. what to say about him. <laughs> anyway, hi. Hey, other guy. Other than that, what have you been doing this week? Um, more of the usual Warcraft farming stuff, but I'm kind of running out of things to farm. Casp. Yeah. Um, I'm down to, I have, let's see, I have one quote unquote old world raid set left to clear out. And it's just, I need the bracers for the, um, the Heimall set or not the okay. Heimall. It's like the Heimall and Blackrock Foundry set. I just oh, need okay, the bracers yeah. off of the butcher, which is really irritating because he never drops them. And then um, everything else that I have is like, it's the most current PvP set. It's the tier set from Nighthold and um, Emerald Nightmare. And then the on tier which set difficulty? Uh, on any difficulty, it doesn't matter. You just need to knock out one of them for the achievement. So oh, I've just okay. been collecting so the going... LFR. Yeah, I've just been collecting the LFR. And then. Um, 
I have Hellfire Citadel. I need the actual tier set from Hellfire Citadel. I have the LFR set. I finished clearing that one out. But the actual tier set, you have to be on normal or higher. You can't get oh. it in LFR. And because of that, I can't actually get the thing because I can't clear the first boss on 10-man normal, unfortunately. What? You're really? Horde? Doing this on Horde? Been doing it. Yeah, I'm on Horde. And I'm also a well, rogue, so I don't have quite the mobility, I think. So they always manage to destroy the cannons before I can stop them. Let me know next time you're going to do it because I'll totally join you for that. I think if I could get past that initial that initial you can, thing, obviously you can solo the the raid pretty easy. They fixed a lot of the bosses. It's the only I, one, either way. The I'll only one you. that I couldn't solo in LFR was uh, Fell Lord Zagoon because every time he does that that he shifts into that phase where he grabs somebody or fixates on somebody or whatever, he just reset himself every time, and there was nothing oh. you could do about that. Um, so that one you actually need a second person there, otherwise it won't function as intended, which kind of stinks. But oh well, they didn't I don't fix care. that yet. I don't think so. I don't think I've been, so. I've been doing it, but to be honest, when I do that, it's always me and my wife because we do most stuff. See, together. if there's two of yeah, you, as then long it's as there's okay. two people, yeah. I'm just soloing this stuff just for the fun of soloing it. Also, butcher, well, in, butcher in, in is still a pain time. in the butcher is still a pain in the butt to solo. Oh yeah, I, I did solo him. He's not he's a nightmare. He I had is. to like go I had to go prot to do him because the damage he does just ramps up. It ramps it, up and if you get to six stacks of that debuff thing that he does, you're done. It's just yeah. in, insta kill. Um, so there's nothing you could do about it. So it's a matter of like hammering out enough DPS to get him dead before you get to that point. Or Glacier you, Wolf you get away from him until it clears. Points oh, out. Go ahead, sorry, Mitch, I'm sorry. No, Glacier Wolf and Chad is pointing out. It's not necessarily it's it's still soloable. But Immersius is is one of my least favorite bosses. Oh yeah, just he takes, it takes forever. So long. I just throw Immersius, something up on yeah. Netflix and do the thing. I mean, it takes forever, but you can do it. it yeah, just, it takes yeah. forever. That's what keeps me from farming that raid more is the very fact that I don't want to spend ten minutes running around in circles while Immersius keeps going up, coming down, going up, coming yep, down, same here. going up, coming down. And Blackwell says the artifact room still needs two, doesn't it? No, it does not. Actually, you can do one side, pull the lever, get to the other side, do the thing, pull the lever, um, as long as you're quick about it. You just yeah, have to be fast to enough to change. clear the bo- clear both sides before the timer does the countdown thing, and you're fine. Um, yeah. That one I never had a problem with. Actually, I don't think I had a problem with anything really in Siege of Orgrimmar. It, you didn't... can even solo you can solo mythic level Garrosh even, um, but it okay, is. I not haven't fun. tried that. Yeah, is I he the one, is that. he the only person that drops the shoulders, or does that, those drop on other ones? The plate shoulders that he drops, you mean? Yeah, the the ones that like look like the ones he's wearing. Is that mythic the, only? The only... Or is that... I don't know if it's mythic only, but he's the only one who drops them. Um, yeah, I think it is mythic because I've never seen it. I think it is because it used to be heroic only, and then they switched the difficulty around. Yeah, to, yeah. okay, yeah. So I think it is mythic. Well, that's kind of annoying. Anyway, I've been playing a lot of Diablo uh, because, as Mitch mentioned, he's playing a necromancer. Most people are. I just got back into it for the season because I've never done a season before, and they put in the armor sets are on the seasons again. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. If you want to get the transmog for whatever character you like to play, you you can get it by doing the season. But don't open the boxes until you're on the proper character. If you open it on the wrong character, you will you will be unhappy. Yeah, I, I didn't realize this. That when when you complete the season journey that unlocks it, you get a little icon in the bottom left corner of your screen. That's your mailbox. I didn't realize that's how you open mail in the game. Like I, I rarely play Diablo. I've played maybe one other season. And I was like, where the heck is my freaking, you know, set pieces? And Yeah, there's a little, there's like basically a mailbox you carry with you at all times. But yeah, yeah. 
So open it on the right character that you want to get the gear on, because if you open it on the wrong character, you will be unhappy. The first two pieces, or the first four pieces, actually, aren't too bad. It's Season Journey uh, 3 and 4. Or, no, 2 and 3, I mean. Season Journey Part 4 actually requires a lot of high-level, like, endgame stuff. Like a rift and so forth, yeah. Yeah, like killing stuff at Torment Level 4, killing bosses at Level 70 on Torment 4, stuff like that. And you have to do it on your season character. Yeah. So, yeah. Your season character does not benefit from all the Paragon levels that you had and so forth. So that's right. it's a lot of work. Right now I've got four of the six pieces. I'm just working on Season Journey 4, but there's still a lot I have to do. Yep. So, okay. Uh, I guess at this point we should be doing the whole thing where we talk about news. Um, since we did the show a day late, some other stuff came up. So I want to talk about that first. So... Um, and you're the one that mentioned it, so do you want to talk, tell people what we're talking about here? Yeah, a new build came out for the 7.3 PTR, and we aren't going to talk about quests, and we aren't going to talk about, like, spoiler stuff, because I don't really... Argus Hogger! Oh my god! (laughs) No, Mitch, no. (laughs) However, there were some new mounts that were datamined, and one of the ones that was datamined I was really excited about, because uh, it's that Arcane Hawk... You know, when you go to, you go to unlock the Broken Shore and Cadgar's like, okay, I'm going to send you down there. And then he puts you on this bird that's all like neon purple and pink and it kind of flows over the wings. I did this cue like a week out. ago where I was like, I want this bird. Why can't we get this bird? This bird is the most amazing mount that they've put in game yet it's, thus far. It's like a purple Blizzard. Bird, bird is the word. The, the bird that dropped off the bigger bird in Spires of a Rock. It's a purple version of that. And it looks so good. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. And I really want it. And I can't remember what that one is for exactly, but I think it's just for, like, completing the whole storyline or something out there. It it may change, too. They've changed a couple of the sources over the PTR cycle. Do they have a yeah. new rating with Isha's achievement, too? Uh, they do, yeah, but there's, like, a couple... There's a couple, there's a couple of other mounts as well. There's one that's, like, it looks like... It looks like a mech, kind of. It looks like a cross between a mech and those robots that the Sun Reavers had out on the Throne of Thunder that were working for them, that kind of thing. But it's oh, all light. Yeah. yeah. That, that was the one that was originally for the raid achievement, and then they swapped the raid achievement to the adorable five-faced demon thingy. Yeah, the crazy dog weird thing. Anyway, so those came out, and then, yeah, there was a new rating with Leisha's achievement that was data mined, which is just wonderful. I looked forward to farming... Mm. <laughs> More farm. Oh, do we get to go back to to Cataclysm. this mine of death wing? <laughs> I have. I mean, I do that every that week place. anyway because I'm still trying to get the stupid blazing Drake. But beyond that, I mean, I literally <laughs> just finished the wrath one. I just finished the wrath one. <laughs> they will keep you on the treadmill. There is no I just, escape. I just finished the wrath. They're it actually using your personal progress before they implement these. They've got them lined oh, up. Oh, and finish that thing. thing. Let's 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 unleash the cataclysm <laughs> ones I and just flip the switch. <laughs> See, I, I would I would think that was a funny joke. Except the other day, I tweeted that my wife wasn't getting any legendaries in a, in a Diablo run that we were doing, and then four legendaries dropped for her. So I'm not entirely convinced they aren't monitoring us. <laughs> That's the other thing. Oh, that Ross I've been is doing going is to farm the shoulders. Alts. Turn them off the loot table. 
I've been getting my alts cleared out and been getting like the class mounts and things like that for my different classes, which was fun. But yeah, so Raiding with Leashes Cataclysm Edition, that one's coming soon in 7.3. There's a bunch of stuff that's going on in 7.3. It's called called like Cuticlism or something. Cuticlism, yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having to run every Cataclysm raid every week. So, yay. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought I was done. I have all the transmogs, so. They're easy. They're not hard. It's not that bad. Spine of Deathwing is annoying. Spine is annoying, but it's not not non-soloable or anything by any stretch. I want to see where the things drop and if they're going to drop on Spine of Deathwing or, like, the final Deathwing encounter. Uh, like are they going to ma- are they going to have make this little people... blob and the blob is going to be called your sanity because that's what you're looking for when you're running around in endless <laughs> circles on the back of that stupid dragon. I you hope know, they give people... us more tentacles. Quite frankly, when that was an actual raid achievement, I liked that fight. That fight was it was uh, beating uh, that encounter was probably the highlight of Cataclysm for me. See, um, I liked it because I switched to prot yeah. and just ran around in circles, thunderclapping and jumping just on things. That last like five seconds or so of that encounter when we beat it, and you were just like oh, running God. for dear the, life. DPS, the DPS nuke on the final. Yeah, <laughs> just kill it, kill it, kill it. I'm yeah, our, our raid leader was like showing more emotion than he had displayed in the last five years playing the game. <laughs> I think he actually screamed. He was so happy. Ah. He was so happy when we and, and then and now after that we like I think we maybe wiped twice on aspects or something and then down yeah. it. Madness of Deathwing went down in three oh. in three. Bowls. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. We were like, well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, oh, Thrall also took the kill from you. Yeah. I don't care about we that. We should be talking about this week since we're talking about this week yes. um raid finder wing three is opening this week um yes, and it opened yesterday so it's the uh maiden of which maiden is in there vigilance i believe vigilance okay that so like yeah one of the maiden maids. one of the maiden chicks is in there and then also the avatar of sargeras it's just the two boss encounter it's a short one and then the next time we have another raid finder wing open which will be in two weeks presumably it's kill jaden and everybody will be able to kill kill jaden in lfr speaks probably new skybox um, for yeah, everybody should be able to see the skybox at that point presuming that they clear out lfr and i, did. I, I have Sorry. a feeling I have a feeling that even if you don't clear out LFR, when 7.3 launches, it's just going to automatically change the skybox for that's, that's what I was going to say. I logged on to a 7.3 PTR character today who hasn't got it on live. And it's unlocked. Um, yeah, it's unlocked. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense because, you know, it's that's a plot what we're point. Coming, so. <laughs> so anybody exactly. that hasn't, hasn't gotten it by 7.3, it's okay. In 7.3, you'll be able to see the sky all changed. It's great. I but, know uh, in in the regular version of the raid, Maiden does drop uh, a hammer that's like it has stats and stuff, but it's primarily meant as a transmog item. And I don't yeah. know if that drops on LFR or not, but something to keep an eye out for if you're interested in transmog. The the hammer she's using is what she drops. Yeah, it's a it is for transmog. I'm pretty sure it's not LFR based on what people have said to me, but I don't know about it. So yeah, well, it just well the, yeah, yeah, the wing just opened. We'll find so. out soon enough. Yeah, we'll find out about that soon enough. Usually if there's, like, exclusive stuff in there, it's stuff that you can only do in the regular raid. Like, uh, But the mount does drop an LFR, which is, you know, why I was... Which the... mount is that? It's the it's the 
I don't know. It looks that. like the Rid- it looks like the Riddler's mind like- worm. Oh, that's the one that drops off of the Naga lady, right? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen that. I don't think I've seen that drop at any LFR I've been in yet so far. I've no, seen people riding around on it. I haven't seen it actually drop. LFR. Huh? And I hate those people. <laughs> I, yeah, a lot of people I know got it, and they're like, oh, cool, I didn't even know this could happen. And I'm like, I'm on my third, third tune farm, and it's stupid. While Mitch is being grumble puppy there, um, also this week, tomorrow, in fact, Doomfist is um, going to be live. So Doom. if you've been waiting to play Doomfist and you haven't been on the PTR, your chance is tomorrow. So get out there and punch people, I guess. It's going to be great. Punch people. Your strike. So fun. Meteor Strike. Doomfist is just awesome. I, I love the fact that they had a bunch of, well, I mean, they had conventions and things that they were at, but there was also the Overwatch thing in Australia, I believe, last week. I, I want to say it was Australia. I don't know. All I know is that the Doom Doomfist cosplayers were out in force. Oh, And they had yeah. amazing, amazing cosplay. <laughs> That's one yeah, of those was... things that I'm looking forward to at BlizzCon. I look forward to it every year at BlizzCon, but I, the more heroes are released for Overwatch, the more it's like, how many of them are we going to see running around BlizzCon? Because the costumes are simple, but they're really well put together, always. I love it. I, I was amazed too. Diva. I was amazed that there was like there was one guy who actually had help from Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, but there was one guy who didn't, and yeah. he made a pretty good Doomfist cosplay just by himself. Yeah. I was like, man, uh, you know, kudos to you. This character isn't even out yet. It you takes already... skills, I, I don't get how and these do people that. have. Like, these people have so much talent to be able to just whip together a costume like that, with, with that amount of detail in that short a period of time. It's just crazy. I love it. I love seeing yeah. everybody all dressed up. <laughs> so yeah, there's go go play Doomfist tomorrow if if you're yeah. of a mind to. Uh, I'm going to mention this one. Six packs. Yeah. So do I, quite frankly. Um, but let's also mention reason. this is something I only put in because Mitch looks so sad. Um, Windows XP, uh, I think, and also what's the other one that's not being supported? Vista. Windows, Windows XP and Vista are no longer being supported by Blizzard. Uh, only a, several years after Windows stopped supporting them, <laughs> so. Uh, I'll give Blizzard kudos for supporting OSs that a lot of their, you know, players have been using this whole time. Um, but at the the time has now come that they have moved on from Vista and XP. They're not going to support them anymore because most people have moved on from them as well. Uh, if you're still playing on those platforms, be aware they're not going to be doing any more support for it. So if the game doesn't work on them at this point, you're going to be SOL. They, they are not going to be working to fix if, anything. If you're still using XP, maybe... Maybe I mean just to suggest you might want to look into upgrading that. In, in general, in life, things that have not been supported or alive for several years, it's time to move on. It's yeah, you should just let it go, move forward, embrace the future. It's okay. We're all living in it. We can tell you, it's it's fine. Computer-wise, anyway, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say there's things it's, I could say right now, but computer-wise, it's, it's fine. It's perfect. Fine. Everything is great. Let's not get political here, Anne. I'm not. She's not. That's the point. <laughs> I'm just also, saying. <laughs> operating system-wise, there's better options out there. You're, you'll be okay. It's okay to let XP go. And especially Vista, because Vista was terrible, guys. I'm just going to say. It was, like, terrible yeah. when it came out. It's still terrible. It was, like, Emmy terrible. So <laughs> just move on. It's all right. You don't have to jump into 10. You could probably fi- still find 7 out there or 8 or whatever. Right, Mitch? Mm-hmm. You're the one who used to be Geek Squad. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, and I blanked it from my memory. <laughs> what? 
Apparently, Geek Squad lets you purge your memory, is what he's oh. saying. I, yeah, I blinked it from my memory oh. because. Okay. Customer service. Well, I, I guess we're going to end the news on a sad note. Um, last week, uh, Russell Brower, who was the senior audio director and uh, lead composer for a lot of Blizzard games, um, left the company because his job has been made superfluous. I believe the exact words were that, you know, the Blizzard had a sound decentralization initiative that left his position no longer relevant. So he won't be working directly at Blizzard anymore. Uh, that doesn't mean he won't still do music for them. Uh, he just moves into the ranks with people like Neil McCree, uh, who are freelancers. Uh, a lot of Blizzard's music is already made by freelancers, so that's not a surprise. I still am somewhat sad to hear it. Uh, Rower was a He's been in the company for like 12 years at this point, I believe. He's been like an yep. entity. So it's it's sad. Um, I, I've I've never been on you know I've never been one of those people who like thinks that you know any one person leaving a company means that the company is going downhill or that the game's doomed. And I certainly don't think the musical of Blizzard games is going to be terrible now. But I do feel like Brower put his stamp on the company in a lot of ways. If you liked the music for World of Warcraft since Burning Crusade, if you liked it for Diablo, uh, if you liked it for StarCraft, you're looking at Russell Brower's work. Uh, he didn't do everything. No no one person does. Uh, there were a lot of other composers who worked on music for Blizzard. But Brower composed some of the really fundamental pieces. Uh, I know, for example, he composed the piece Invincible from from War, from Wrath of the Lich King. That's just one example. He's, he's done a lot. So it's just, good. I I got the opportunity to see him at Video Games Live a couple of years ago. Um, oh, it was right before Legion was launched or announced. Excuse me. It was right. It, it, I was out there when Gamescom was going on that year when Legion was announced at Gamescom. So uh, he only did like one piece because Video Games Live, obviously, it's like a bunch of different video games and things. But he did the suite from Warlords and. He, they started it just as the sun was just setting. It was going down. And this was at was Red this, Rocks. And if you've I ever was going to say, this was the one in the like, canyon area. Yeah, this is at Red Rocks. And Red Rocks is this outdoor amphitheater that's like in the middle of the mountains. And it's like the benches are all carved from stone. And the stage is in this big natural archway type. It was just so appropriate. Like that piece of music in that setting. And absolutely unforgettable. And then afterwards, I got to actually like meet him. And a bunch of the other composers that were there, they had like a little meet and greet thing where you could shake their hands and say hello, that kind of thing. But yeah, um, he's kind of an unforgettable force. And every time you hear those themes and things like that, you automatically associate them with him. So I'm glad that they're keeping him on in a freelance capacity because the man is a genius. He's a musical genius. He really, writes some seriously. of the most beautiful, beautiful pieces of music. Um it's just kind of a bummer that he's not there full time anymore, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's because that's one of the things, you know, especially when this news went out, people are like, I, one of the reasons I've fallen in love with Blizzard games, because the music stands out so much, like among other gaming companies, the Blizzard music is, is something special and it's, you know, it's sad. Yeah. One of the, my favorite moments of Warlords and Warlords had its problems. I'm not trying to argue it didn't, but the music behind the original cinematic and the mm -hmm. music behind oh the reveal God. trailer are both amazing pieces of music. The music for Warlords was great. I, I mean, loved of all of the music pieces for Warlords. They were fantastic. There's yeah. a, there was a lot to like about Warlords. There was a lot not to like about Warlords. It had its problems, but the music was spot on. I really did. I've, I own the soundtrack, and I've never regretted it. It's I still listen to it when I write things because um, it's it's really the the music 
for the intro cinematic, the one where right after Garage says times change and it goes into the full cinematic sweep, is just stunning. It's really that well- cinematic is stunning in general. I mean, I just yeah. the the login screen music mm-hmm. when when it faded into the music like the human theme and whatnot, like at the end of it all, I was yeah, yeah it was just. Ooh, it gives me goosebumps just thinking. Some about of the it. themes, some of the themes over the years, as Warcraft has, you know, World of Warcraft has gotten its expansions, the themes that they wrote that have that have harkened back to that first theme. It's hard. First off, he didn't even write the first theme. That was Jason Hayes, so he had to take someone else's music and come up with new motifs for it and harken back to it. And it, you have no idea how hard that is. Until you talk to musicians and they're like, oh, yeah, this is very difficult. It he's, was beautiful, he's... though. He did it beautifully every single time. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, thanks for all you did, Russell. Um, hope to see you out there doing more music for the games because we love what you did. That's pretty much all I got to say on that one. And I think we Agreed move on to emails at this point. So, um, as is usually the case, if you have an email for the show... Uh, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line uh, Blizzard Watch or podcast in the title. We'd love to get emails, so you know, please feel free to send them in. And if you have one, it's nice if you can keep them a little short just because Ann has to read them to us. So the, the shorter they are, the more we can get to in a show. Uh, but right now, Ann's going to read the ones we have now. So if you don't mind, Ann. Okay, first email is from Shad a Blood Elf Prop Pally from Wolves of War Hydal US who says, What sort of expansions do you foresee? This includes 8.0 and beyond. I ask this because I assume that Azeroth rotates. As such, from Argus, we should be able to see the entire globe. Are there new lands to discover? Is the map we see only half the world? And that aside, with the phasing technology that the doves now have, wouldn't a map revamp be much better? A new northern map that we phase into that would leave the old one intact. Uh, for, I don't for think we, we don't see they they cover the world in clouds. You don't see much of it. You can kind of see yeah. some land masses. But There's they don't... glimpses. There's like little glimpses here and there, and it's of continents that we've already explored. It doesn't really rotate. Like if you look at Argus in the sky right now, Argus isn't really rotating either. It does. It has like a subtle sort of movement to it that sort of suggests that it's rotating, but I don't think it ever really makes a full rotation. They're, they're very careful now when it comes to globes, and I'm sure there's still someone like Metzen who's upset that, you know, <laughs> views of the world at large are in the game. But um, in general, if they're going to include globes, they're going to do it in a way that doesn't confirm or deny anything in future contexts. Pretty much. But in terms of in terms of answering the actual question as to what expansions we foresee... I think everyone is expecting that the next expansion is going to be Old God related in some way. I I think that is at this point, if it isn't Old God related, we will be like, ah, you tricked us. You tricked us, Blizzard, because they have been dropping hints like with like anvils. They have been just dropping them. Boom. Right in front of us. Also, Colturus somehow, probably both, to be honest. But Colturus is a big something's coming. I'm assuming that if the next expansion is Old Gods, and I am assuming that the next expansion is Old Gods, because that seems to be the most logical progression choice here, um, what we are doing, and we know that what we are doing, or we've received hints that what we are doing is actually going to empower the Old Gods in some capacity. What we did with the Emerald Nightmare kind of woke Nazoth up, which was a bad thing, because... Um, he was okay when he was dormant. We could handle the Emerald Nightmare, but can we handle him suddenly rejuvenated, awake from, maybe even refreshed from his long nap beneath the earth? I don't know. But 
I think that if we have old gods, we're going to be looking at old gods. We're going to be looking at Ashara in a much more major capacity. They, she already showed her face again in this yeah. expansion. And whatever it was she was doing, she wasn't doing it for the Burning Legion. There was nothing in that that was involved with the Burning Legion. She wasn't, the Naga aren't working for the Burning Legion, except for the ones that have defected. And it's pointed out on the Broken Shore that the Naga that are on the Broken Shore are ones that have defected and gone to the Burning Legion. They're Fel Naga. They, they don't have anything to do with Ashara anymore. The other but, thing... But Ashara does send Naga into the tomb of Sargeras. She does. She and does. those ones are there for her purposes and not for the Legions. Yeah, and that's, again, it has nothing to do with the Legion. It has everything to do with Ashara doing whatever the heck she's doing. We still don't know what that is. So I have a feeling that if we see any old god anything, she's going to be somehow involved with that. And I'm really excited about that because I've been waiting to see Ashara at full power for I don't know how long. <laughs> Okay. Ten I talk, thousand I, I, years. I talk about her as much as I talk about Turalyon and Ilaria, so you know, if not more. So I'm really excited that we might actually see her. And then the other thing is, yes, Kultiris. I think Kultiris is going to be a thing. I feel like when Jaina left, that's probably where she went. I mean, where else did she have to go? Yeah, and she this would is have one of gone somewhere, like, somewhere. I, to do something to have some kind of effect on what's going on and if the alliance wasn't going to work with her i feel like if the alliance wasn't going to work with her if the alliance wasn't going to listen to her if the alliance was going to go ahead and work with the horde despite how she warned against this sort of thing happening obviously she can't ally with the horde she tried to do that it bitter face off pretty much it destroyed it it destroyed her home it destroyed all of her friends her allies everybody that she knew um with the whole attack on theramore so obviously allying with the horde is out but then now we have the alliance who she's finally in agreement with and says yeah okay never mind the horde are bad news now they're saying oh no we need to work with the horde and she's kind of like excuse me so she can't work alliance she can't work horde what's the one thing she can work with home Where's the one place she hasn't been since she went to Kalimdor? Home. So why wouldn't she go there? That makes sense to yeah. me. Plus, I mean, there's one thing that I forgot to mention in the news, so it's good that we're talking about this. We know that Christy Golden is writing a new book. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. She is. She's writing this, a new this novel. This is outside of the thing she was doing for yeah. Blizzard, correct? Yeah. We don't know for sure. Or, okay. we, know that she, we know that she's writing a new novel for Blizzard um, and... I'm going that to assume that it's outside of the stuff that she's already doing for Blizzard because all of her previous novels have been... They, they haven't required her to be in Irvine reporting to, on campus or anything. So okay. whatever she's doing there right now, it's something much more directly involved. I'm assuming with publishing, just because she's published so many books. Um, one of the other things to note, Christy Golden, she got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, yeah, cool. I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, and her latest book, no which was a Star Wars that's... book, just came out, too, which is really fantastic for her. But, yeah, she mentioned that on top of everything else that she's doing and everything else that she's got going on, she is going to be working on a new Warcraft novel. So um, it would be interesting, since the announcement of that is is just been made, mm-hmm. since we know BlizzCon's coming out, you know, BlizzCon will be this November, if they announce the next expansion at BlizzCon... We might also get a novel announcement at some point that le- ties into between Legion and that expansion, which, if it is Kul Tiras involved, might mean we get a Jaina novel explaining where she's been this whole time. New this is what I would be great because I really enjoyed Tides New of War. Chronicle. I enjoyed Tides of War. Um, 
I honestly, if if she wrote anything right now, it depends on how long Legion is going to go for. Because one of the other things that I wanted to see in one of the stories, the other stories that I wanted told was the missing files of Valeria and Teralion. Like, what have they been up to? What is the Army of Light doing? What is its history? How were they involved with it? You know, that kind of, just that, that, that whole I mean, we got we got a beacon. We got a beacon sent to us that, and at the end of it all, Cadgar's like Teralion, and everybody's like, "Whoa, mind blown!" Whatever, right? Okay, where were those guys? What were they doing? What's that story? Can we get Man, that story? I, I I don't want to spoil it much, but Illyria, I I cannot wait to see what happens with her. Yeah, I mean, I just I I, I want to see all of that, and I want to see all of that missing information that we didn't have, I would love to get a novel of that and I would be okay with a novel of that. But Jaina, yes, absolutely. Or Sylvanas. I would be cool with another Sylvanas book because uh, from War Crimes, we know Christy writes Sylvanas really well. Um, any of those things. Really. Oh, yeah. So we kind of answered that question, but sort um, of didn't. One, one more oh, part expansions of that, that you foresee. I'm sorry. Um, Mitch, I didn't let you talk. You should talk. No, I I don't know if it's necessarily foresee, but something I want that's kind of hinted at in this question is I do want there to be another side to Azeroth. Like I want there to be more because I I really like seeing the I, I like seeing both the sci-fi aspects of WoW, like when they kind of go all out, like in um uh, that the one in Cataclysm that starts with a U. I can't remember, not Old Doom, the other one. Um, anyways, or like Outland and Drain, or they kind of go all out with the craziness. But I want to see something that feels Azerothian, but is still unique. Um, I really want to see more zones like Sholazar and um, the the Ungoro, Ungoro and Stranglethorn. I want to see more stuff like that, and I think they could easily Cradles do that of on the Azeroth. Makers. Yeah, I want to see more stuff like that on Azeroth, um, and I think they could easily do that by having another side of the planet. Uh, I don't know necessarily that I, I would care to see a revamp of stuff. I wouldn't mind it. Um, but one thing that I've always wanted since before Cataclysm happened is I was hoping that there would be phased versions of pre-Cata and post-Cata. So if they do some sort of revamp, yeah, I absolutely think that they would need or should have uh, a phasing between the two different versions. So it's not just like one replaces the other. I got to say that if they... One of the things that they've done throughout the entire history of the Warcraft franchise is expand out this world. Because the first Warcraft is set in the kingdom of Azeroth. It's not the planet. It's just the kingdom. And it was like Stonewind. And if you look at the map, it's like a crammed together version of what we have now. Yeah, it's really because tiny. Because they, they expand out as time goes on. Warcraft 2, you know, suddenly you have like Lordaeron. Lordaeron wasn't in Warcraft 1. Nobody even talked about it. Um Whereas Warcraft 2 suddenly have much more of the world. The Eastern Kingdoms is now this big place. And Warcraft 3, boom, whole new continent. Yeah, there's an entire Two continent. Of them. Yeah. Two of them, because you've got yeah. Northern oh, yeah. and you've got Kalimdor. Yeah, yeah. So I have no problem with them putting more stuff in. I think that would be great. Um, I would love to see more of the world and more stuff in it. That would be really cool. I still want to see what happened well, to, what is it, Zandalar? Or... Yes. Zandalar Isle, yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff like that that they could do. I mean, I, the South Seas expansion could absolutely happen. So, yeah, I, I hope that after we if, we do, if we do Old Gods, that's great. But I hope we do Old Gods in a way that ties in some of these, some stuff like Cult and so forth. That would be great, too. After that, I would love a, a vacation expansion. One where we go and explore. Like, I'm serious. 
Couldn't we have no, yeah, one yeah. expansion that's not just, okay, horrible threat to destroy the planet? We've been under horrible threat to destroy the planet for a long time now. I could I could use an expansion where it's just, let's see what's out there. Let's go to new places on Azeroth. Oh, that, that could be the name of the expansion, except C is spelled with an A. So it's, let's see what's out there. Right? Oh, just, no. Right? Okay, so uh, Velocirus in the chat channel says, do you guys want to revamp like Kata? I'm going to be completely honest and say no yeah i don't know because no way. in order to pull off a revamp like kata you lose a lot um i think that part of the reason that cataclysm like the zones and cataclysm the leveling zones felt kind of on the rails and things like that and maybe not quite as as fully developed as the stuff that we saw later on in mr pandaria and even warlords of draenor um was because a lot of that attention had been diverted to the original leveling zones. Well, that was great, and I'm glad that the original leveling zones got some love and everything, but they were all tied into that cataclysm story. So once again, we have that weirdness where we're stuck in one distinct period of time instead of anything else. I think that were we to get any kind of a revamp, what I would like to see is almost what Shad suggested here, where... We have phasing technology, and if you're level 110, you see the zones as, you know, recovered from the cataclysm, or at least semi-recovered from the cataclysm, because it's been a couple years. Things this should includes be okay the veil, now. Lizard. Things should be okay now. But because of that, you can't just leave it blank with no quests or anything. I would love them to open a planet-wide world quest system. That would where, be awesome. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if like your end game wasn't just limited to, oh, well, you know, you've got the four new zones from this expansion or whatever. No, it's boom, have the entire planet go wherever you like and do whatever max level content you happen to want to do. I I'll think that'd this be fun. Part of the planet. I think Hey, be have fun. you been to uh Auberdeen yet? Maybe we could get some world quests to like collect wood or something. Or, you know, cleanup duty or something. I don't know. But I think that it would be kind of cool because the problem with revamping old world content and the problem with revamping low level content is that it's directed towards people that level alts or people that are starting out from day one. And there's not a lot of those people out there anymore. Most people are Especially kicking around. Especially now with the level boosts. Yeah, most of the people out there are kicking around at max level looking for things to do at max level. So why not do that kind of phasing technology? And I, I imagine, I mean, I don't do any coding or anything like that. I imagine that even that, even just like doing some kind of visual revamp to the areas is kind of an enormous endeavor to undertake. But at the same time, it could be the kind of perpetually evolving end game system that maybe the game needs right now to keep people invested, even when there's nothing going on with the main storyline. There's still always something to do. You know what I mean? And remember with the Silithis micro-holiday, they kept, it, it scaled to 110. So, like, yeah. there was scaling in the old world. But it scaled. And it stuck around for a little while, and Warcraft ads were like, yeah, no, that's actually intentional. Like, So it, it sounded like they had something planned there. It's like they were testing and, that capability. Yeah. To a degree. So I don't feel like we need to do, like, entire zone revamps or anything, but... Some something like that where you had like a worldwide world quest system. You had a world quest system that actually encompassed the entire world instead of one <laughs> specialized area. That'd be pretty cool. I'd be down with that. Um, I think that's probably the only revamp style kind of thing I'd be okay with though. Because 
doing low level revamps it just doesn't they're automatically they dated the <laughs> they're dated the audience isn't as big as they expected for Cataclysm. Yeah. They thought a lot more people would go back and do that content. And a lot of people did, but not as many as they thought. And as a result, the end game lacked and people, they heard the complaints. The only exception to that, and I'm going to make two exceptions for that, the Exodar and Silver Moon City. Oh my God, please. I want to fly. Yeah. I would love to see those two areas receive some kind of retouch, revamp thing because they're still stuck Arathi way back Highlands. in... Oh, Arathi Highlands. That... Arathi would be cool too. I would love to see something like it just needs to be less boring. Something no substantial offense. with like. Honestly, I'd rather they actually do something where they leave Arathi the way it is now and then put in a 110 or better zone. Yeah. Just, you know, phase it to a 110 or better zone and have a completely new storyline there. I'd just like to see something involving Stromgard. Because yeah, especially like, now that this place is completely unoccupied. Yeah, I know. It's like, has... Let's let's do something. Let's do something with that. Why not? Because the alliance doesn't have any kind of firm fo- foothold up north anymore, and I feel like they need one. I feel like they do. Um, they need something. They need something up there. They lost South Shore, and that was now they the need only... North Shore. Yeah, and I would love to see like a reclamation of Strom. I would love to see a reclamation of Gilneas. Hello. Let's get Gilneas yeah. back on the map. Let's go ahead and make that an actual hub. Let's take One of those the... beautiful buildings and that beautiful scenery and turn it into something with substance. That'd be great. One of the things I talked about, we're going to get a minor tangent, but in the queue the other day, someone asked me, like, you know, how could they make Jaina's story meaningful? And my answer was that I, I want her to bring the Colturus back, and I think that the Colturus could also lead to some diplomatic tensions between the Alliance leadership, where the Colturus is like, we're part of this now, we want to help you reclaim stuff like Gilneas and Arathi, where Anduin would be like, no, that's you know unnecessary acts of aggression, and Greymane might be on the side of taking back Gilneas, and it could be the sort of, like, having the Kulturas on the Alliance could lead to... Let's give those the Alliance some tension. Ring. Let's yeah, give the Alliance exactly. some tension that doesn't involve, oh, hey, we just killed off a major leader. Yeah, exactly. I want to see could... something else there. I want to see... I yeah. Part of the reason that Miss of Pandaria was so fascinating for me was that we saw the Horde crumbling apart from within. And that was just... I mean, it was terrible playing through it. As a Horde player, you felt yeah. awful because you could see what was happening, but there wasn't anything that you could do about it. And I'm like... At the same time, it was so intriguing. Like, the story was so good. I loved it so much. And the Alliance didn't get any of that. And oh, I would and I love see... the Alliance to get a taste of that and just, you know, see how deep down the rabbit hole they can go with it. I think that'd be fantastic. Because Anduin was raised to be this good, you know, wholesome leader and he's trying his best, but sometimes the world doesn't need that. And you can all, already tell with his leadership versus Greymane's ideas that they don't align. And I think having more people like Greymane in the Alliance could really do something interesting for that sort of uh, political tension among the high ranks. Yeah, we've been on this question for. I was going to say minutes. we should move on to the next question. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Shad, for the email. It was very involved, and we got really into that. Okay, next email is from Lom Lomshank, who is a freshly faction changed Blood Elf hunter from Warm Rest Accord. Okay, who says hello, Watchers? Longtime listener and Patreon supporter here. The Overwatch team seems to emphasize that the characters of Overwatch come from all over the world. Each character has their own cultural flavor and unique personalities as well. What's a nationality or a character you'd like to see next or in the future? Thanks, Lomshank. I want to see that that um, crazy Omnic that was in the uh, Overwatch comic, the one who's in Talon. Yes. I want to see oh. more of him. I think um, we actually have a question about that, so 
I'll, I'll I, hold off any further discussion. But my answer is maybe not my first answer, but is one because of the fact that Lucio seems very much like he could have been the Canadian hero. I want a Canadian hero. No, you he don't. J- Lucio just seems like Lucio could have very easily been the Canadian hero, and they're like, oh wait, we need you know a hero from a different place. Let's shift focus with Lucio. So. I'm just quite, quite honestly, I'm afraid that they would have somebody show up in like a maple leaf costume with ice skates and some maple syrup. Lucio has an ice skating co- uh, hockey costume. Yeah, that's, that's the that's thing. What I'm afraid of them doing to Canadian hero. Now, in all sincerity, sure, a Canadian hero will be fine, but Canada has a lot. Of, Canada is different culturally than a lot of places. Having lived here for 10 years now, I can say this. Yeah. It, it doesn't have like the, the idea is much more of a quilt and much less of a melting pot. There's instead of having a national character, you have a series of provincial characters, which are themselves broken up into smaller subsections. And there's lots of the immigrant cultures that come in here, keep their culture as much as they can. So I don't think one Canadian person could possibly encompass Canadian culture. I, I not that anyone can do that. Like, you know, Tracer can't be England. It, it's, it's, <laughs> there's 60 million people there. You can't Hello, cover. I'm England. Yeah, Deal but, with it. You know, I I do think you'd be better off trying to do, say, like a, a Quebecer versus or someone from Alberta, and you could kind of narrow it down that way to a degree. It, it's it's a big country. It's it's bigger than the United yeah. States or I don't, China. Uh, so I'm trying to think what other countries, but go on, Anne. I guess I'd like to see um, Pacific Islands. I would oh, yeah. like to see Philippines. I think that that would be really interesting. I would like to see. We have Mexico represented. But we don't have any of the rest of South America, and South America is really expansive. Um, so I'd love to see some of those other countries represented, or even like um, from the European side of things, I'd love to see an Eastern European country that isn't Russia. <laughs> um, I'd love to. We see... We don't have a Japanese character. No, yeah, we do. We have Toronto. Do we have any Irish characters or Scottish? We don't have Irish. We don't have Scottish. I would love to see somebody from like either Spain or Portugal. I think either one of those would be interesting or even just Greece. I know that we have a, a, a map that's like... Uh, Ilios. Yeah, yeah, Ilios is like, that's down there. But um, Italy, Greece, you know, that area, that would be, I'd be cool with that. I yeah. don't know. There's so many different regions, you know, all over the world that obviously haven't been representative. They've seen, or haven't been a represented. A Roman hero. Um, the thing is, is like, They've kind of taken places from all over the world and they've gotten most of like the major cultural regions, but I'd love to see some of these other regions that don't necessarily you don't necessarily see a lot of. Um like I'm Canada. really for whatever reason, I'm really kind of honing in on the Philippines though, and I think that that would be really cool. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, Rossi, anything from you? No, I'm sticking with the robot. <laughs> he's sticking with the robot that's the other thing that I'd like to see is I'd love to see more Omnic characters in general like I would like to M- see I would Sorry, like to M- see Black huh? M. Black Owl on chat says all a Canadian hero would do is throw Timbits at people no <laughs> no why would he waste Timbits what's wrong with you you eat those you don't throw them at people I mean, you're not, if you threw them at they'd people they'd in, eat them. they engage in it some be... really violent curling it would be the the uh, Talon <laughs> agent whose only evil act was smuggling in uh, Cadbury eggs or whatever. No, not Cadbury eggs. Not, it's not the Cad- Wonder Ball, the Wonder eggs. Kinder eggs. But they Kinder have eggs. Kinder eggs in the States now. They're allowed in the States. As yeah, the next... they're allowed now, well, I guess. Then it's a very conflicted talent agent. Y- yeah, talent. He, yeah, they're they're very confused right My now. My only evil know... used to be, <laughs> it's not evil anymore. 
It's not evil anymore. I don't know who I am anymore. Something like that. Um, Anyways, hope that answered sufficiently. Yeah, Lomshank, there's like all kinds of options out there. There's a bunch of different stuff that we'd love to see. Honestly, I'd be cool with anything that they throw out there. Because yeah, they've, awesome they've been hitting home runs so far. So I just like them to continue doing that. That would be great. So uh, let's see here. Uh, next email is from Viari, who's from Staghelm, who says, Well, Netwatchers, after listening to the latest war watch, lore watch about artifacts, it got me thinking, what do you feel in terms of lore specifically would be the most powerful artifact weapon and why? Sargeras's sword. Mine. You think Sargeras's sword? Yes, well, Wait, the combined the one, if, if we combined uh, Gorbal and, and Taraslash, if they were combined into Taslash, then yes, that sword, the original That's the one. That's the world broke. render. Who, who yep. uses those? Sargeras. No, but we're like, talking artifact weapons, like ones that you can already get. Oh, the ones in the real game? Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably that crazy skull that the warlocks have. Or the no. dagger the shadow priests have, since the dagger the shadow priests have is like an actual piece of an old god. It's kind of a chunk of an old god, and I feel like it's been it's around probably... for millennia. Yeah, I think it's probably he knows how to survive. Super powerful. Um, I think honestly that one would probably that one or maybe Ashbringer, just because Ashbringer was forged from the chunk of Anaru, so you know. Well, okay, we don't have it confirmed that it was a chunk of Anaru, but come on, guys, it's a chunk of Anaru. <laughs> <laughs> like some listen of them, to the latest lore watch to figure out what that's about. <laughs> some of them are like you know, like as much as I like the some of them, like the warrior ones. The the the, the only one that's got any kind of real lore resonance is the 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 scale of Deathwing shield. Um, you don't. I I'm personally thrilled that they put in all the backstory for the human kingdom and that you know the arms warrior sword is the original sword that you know was used to unite humanity. But yep. that's a very specific weapon it, it's it's if you're an orc and you're using that sword it's kind of like yeah this this is great i'm always wanted to have the sword that humans like so Hunk much of metal smash face you know Warrior, and the two erg. and the two war, <laughs> the two swords that the fury warriors get the war swords of the valajar stromkar is this big human deal the war swords of the valajar are even more like these are odin's swords that he made for a vrykul who then lost them to helia it's like Wow, this is so involved in like you know lore. You're like I, I, I don't care about any of this. Odin's a jerk. Helia probably had a point. Uh, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it it feels like as much as I do like them, there's there were other artifacts they could have given warriors that would have been bigger, and for other classes like the the, the for the Death Knights. I'm never going to get over the fact that they didn't just let you remake Frostmourne because they even had precedent for that. Yeah, Fel- fellow Malor. Yeah. The, yeah. the the mage sword that got broken it got shattered and it got remade and was stronger because it was an elven rune blade and when you remake those they get stronger do the same thing with Frostmourne come on why have you not just made Fro- Frostmourne is as cool as iconic and as very much the same feeling that, that Ashbringer had people wanted to use Frostmourne the fact that we're like we're using two little swords made from Frostmourne doesn't have the same cool factor. Uh, they should have just gone with two with a with a two handed weapon. Let Frost go two hand and had Frostmorn. And if you wanted to dual wield it, they could have like made a ice Frostmorn of the other hand or something. I don't know. Like they did with the uh, the Doom Hammer. That's it's make cone. one that's just constructed out of souls. So where do yeah. we actually fall? Shadow Priest is the most powerful. I I think. I would go there. Um, maybe I mean, there's a, like the the site of Alun's really cool and has a lot of stuff going on for it. There's a there's one artifact that's basically just a chunk of the original mother tree that that Honor, no one was, yeah. 
Yeah, that one's really cool. Uh, I think like druid artifacts are very cool and have potential to be up there in power. There's one warlock staff that actually killed the entirety of Deadwind Pass. And oh, was so actually that's pretty strong. That was say. the scepter of Sargeras, right? No, was that the purple uh, pink one. The Deadwind, the Deadwind Harvester. Um, oh yeah, that it. one. And it's it's a scythe actually, not a staff, but it's used as a staff. Oh, okay. That one, and in fact, this the scepter of Sargeras itself is the scepter of Sargeras. That's really powerful. So there's a there's some candidates, and I wouldn't know how to say this one's more powerful than this one because I, I'm not actually like a 17 year old comic book writer. I, I I can't do that kind of thing anymore. Like this is not like when you Batman could totally beat the Silver Surfer. Like I, I can't do that with artifacts. I don't. But I would probably give it to the Shadow Priest one just because it is a chunk of an old god. It like also it, it's able to like it drained the essence of um, a lieutenant of the old gods and the dude who was wielding it, trying to wield it for. Like so, it just basically it's like yeah, I'm done with you. I'm going to steal your whole soul. It's like a little Hoover, an old god. Yeah, it's an old god it, Roomba. There's a the elemental shaman weapon though. <laughs> the, the elemental shaman weapon is theoretically powerful enough to create planes because it was used to create the elemental planes and trains and cars. So um, I'm going to ignore that joke. Um, so Good. that that weapon, it's the fist of Rodan, I think. The yes. fist of Rodan empowered the entire Mogu race. It that thing is not that thing's not a joke either. The fist of Rodan's up there. Yeah. Someone says, think... "What about the marksman bow?" No, nah, that's just that's Dora. It's a great bow, but it isn't like it doesn't have the same. I destroyed entire you know civilizations. I've it I've created the life as the other ones do. I I I'm still kind of leaning towards the Shadow Priest, the Dagger, and Ashbringer. Frick, yes, because you know you're looking at the chunk of an old god, chunk of an Aru. Those things are in, both of those entities are incredibly powerful, as we've discovered. So I feel like. And I mean, they could even be two facets of the same coin. We don't know. Hmm. Speculation. I love it. Anyway, I still think that they probably beat everything else on the table just due to their origins and where they came from and what they're composed of. We don't. Honestly, the dagger probably feels like I'm its weapon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're its battle pet. Yeah. It's sort of like warriors are all Odin's battle pets. Yeah, you are the battle pet of that dagger. <laughs> it's very pleased with you so far. It, it likes you very much. It's gonna give you. Yeah, a pet I can't treat. wait till it's not pleased with me. Gonna give you. It's gonna give you treats, and it, maybe it'll even give you one of those leather pet beds. You never know. All oh. right, moving on. We have an email that doesn't have a name attached to it, but it says, "Hello, talk about the Overwatch Masquerade comic, please. Thank you. Take care. Short and um, to the point." First first comment about that, it must be made into either an in-game event or at least have skins associated with it. If not, Blizzard, you have failed this city. I gotta admit, I want to see Doomfist in his white tuxedo. That is I, a natty, that's a natty tuxedo he would And wear. I want the red death costume for Reaper. Are you kidding me? That's like straight out of flipping so Phantom cool. of the Opera. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Widowmaker in her little dress. And then you've got nice Sombra in the Harlequin so outfit. Yeah, that. And then that nice. random dude who looks like the Joker. Yeah. Who's that? That's a good question. Um, and that's the thing about this comic is the comic is showing us a side of Talon that we haven't actually seen before. I want that that Omnic uh, Maximilian is that his name Maximin. I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. And I can't get the thing to open. He's a bad guy. He's cool. Maximilian. But he's, yeah, that Maximilian. He's 
an Omnic who wants to perform a war between humans and Omnics. Yeah. And he's, oh man, he's just so oozy, slimy. He's, he's great. And I thought perhaps something might happen to you. Prison is a dangerous place. He's like, I'm hinting very strongly that I tried to have you assassinated. And I'm surprised it didn't work. <laughs> Accidents happen all the time. Pity it didn't happen to you. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I think the re- the thing that I found so fascinating about this comic is that we're finally getting some backstory into Talon. Because Talon's been kind of this whole faceless entity ever since the whole recall cinematic. And that was the first, or not cinematic, animated short. It was the first animated short that they put out there. Um, we got our first look at Talon, kind of. And we knew that they were working with Reaper. We didn't know in what kind of capacity. We had some kind of hints that Talon was directly influenced by Reaper at one point or another because in the train job comic McCree is watching these Talon soldiers doing their fighting thing and he's like wow that looks like stuff I learned how to do in Blackwatch that's odd and have we had like a comic or anything that doesn't have any of the good guys in it because this was all Talon right I don't think that we've had a comic that didn't at least have one of the quote unquote good guys in it Okay. I think they've and all that's, had... That's why I love this one. It was so cool to see so many, like, it felt like a bunch of pieces just came together. It's like, like I said, it's like the, the backside of Talon that we've never really seen before. And all of a sudden we have a little bit more, a little bit more insight into its, I don't, I don't know what word I'm looking for here, into the structure behind it. And didn't this also, didn't it reveal that... Talon knows that um, Sombra was up yeah, to something with Volskaya. Yeah, I was actually, I was yes. to say that. Uh, yes. One of the points Reaper they made is, was that. Reaper is well aware that Sombra was up to something, so she's not as under the radar as maybe she thinks she is, which is kind of, that's that's a little bit of an uh-oh. The fascinating thing that I found is that, yes, we had those strange people. We had that strange Joker-looking dude at the table at the end when he shows up. Oh, my up. God when he shows up to talk to Talon's leaders. What I want to point out is that in that panel, there are several empty chairs there, and I'm assuming that those are Talon leaders that are no longer with us for some reason. I don't I don't know what happened to them. Well, we know one of them Matt did. Yeah, we do. Like, we saw that guy go out. Yeah, we do. Wait, which one? The, the um, guy that uh, he throws over the side. Um... The guy that he threw over the side of the oh. bridge where he was like, yeah, yeah we're, we're going well, in a different direction and you won't be coming with us. Bye. <laughs> well, that's like when Doomfist, yeah. that's one of the things I liked about this short. Not just that it showed that, yeah, they do know what Sombra's up to, but they're willing to allow it because it, co- it works with what the, they're doing. But also that Talon had a difference of opinion on what to do. Yeah, like, it's not. Part of Talon was like, you know, why don't we just make money? And the other half of our town was like, no, we're going to we're gonna mess up the world. We're going to do way more than just make money. We we're going to change things. Bigger. The funny part is that I don't know if that guy that he kicked off the bridge was actually one of the Talon leadership. Because Reaper didn't recognize him. Oh, that's a good oh, point. Yeah. I actually hadn't noticed Reaper that. Reaper asked, yeah. who was that? And he said, no one you should worry about. So it's like, well, who was that guy? Or was he just one of the leaders that Reaper hadn't been in contact with yet? I mean, is this the first time they've all come together since Doomfist was imprisoned? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. But it seems like, from the beginning of this comic anyway, it seems like, as far as Talon is concerned, there's a bunch of different leaders. There's there's a council and there's a bunch of different leaders, but maybe that council isn't really united and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And the return of Doomfist means that those those 
little separate elements are about to reunite in a big way. Particularly Ooh. since Doomfist's last line was, we have a war to start. And it's like, oh no, oh, what's going on? You know, I can't wait to see I'm what's going to happen very next. Excited. That's the other thing that really excited me about this one is that but, all of a sudden the story's moving forward again. Cool. Where's it going to go? Don't know. But seriously, those outfits in Game Blizzard. Yeah. If we that need those doesn't in-game. happen, I will write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> you know that you could actually write an article about it, even? Strongly worded article of anger to Jeff from of the, the Overwatch, Overwatch team. team. <laughs> okay, well we are out of time here, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. And I, we have, I think we have one more email left there, but we'll go ahead and just save that for next week. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash/BlizzardWatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. And please remember, if you are listening to this podcast, we do love to get emails. That's the kind of thing we just just did, was read emails. If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the uh, subject line, either podcast or blizzardwatch, and we will be happy to read them on this show because that is what we do. Thank you guys very much for listening. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.